0: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
1: You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi. Alongside me today is Taylor Damel and the Shark. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. As always, go subscribe on whichever device you use. Your College Hooper of the Week this week is Marshawn Brooks former Providence College Friar, very silky smooth basketball game for Marshawn Brooks. I remember uh, he was very effective, impactful player. A lot of people thought he was going to be something in the league, was not. We should have a special Providence guest here uh, to discuss a little Marshawn Brooks and the PC Friars and their 10 and one start to the season. But Marshawn Brooks is your College Hooper of the Week. Check out the website at TheBarnBurner.com. That's The-BarnBurner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Soupy232 to find out where the feet is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Damel And the Shark at The underscore Shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains.
2: Paul eight to shoot. Paul the runner!
1: Past month, we've started and kicked off the show on a very positive, happy, chipper note because the football team went on, what, a four-game winning streak? Was it a four- or five-game winning streak? Four. Four Four-game winning streak. So I don't want this to start off on a somber or sad note. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you right now that you've given me 18 or so years of friendship, countless rides, sound advice assist both on the pitch. That's the soccer pitch. Yes. The shark used to be a soccer player and the basketball court. Now you've given me all of that, but I think the greatest thing you've ever given me is 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. I drove cross country. I'm back in Arizona alongside Mr. Damel here. It's great to be back, but I drove cross country from Chicago to Arizona and I did a bit of crowdsourcing, especially on the titch Twitter, which was silly because I got a bunch of responses saying, Hey, check out my podcast. And it's about midlife crises or crises and things like that. Terrible suggestions that I would never actually listen to. But the shark gave me Kyle Brandt 10 questions with Kyle Brandt, and it was terrific.
3: I bodied about five of those, shark. Lots unpacking unpack in that statement, but there, I'll begin with this. So <clears throat> there are a few things that I will do an extremely aggressive, over the top endorsement recommendation to people to the point where I, I'll just get in your face about it and be so annoying. I've really only done it with a, a few things in my life. The Shield, I do that for people who watch the TV show The Shield. I do it for k- kind of movies like The Patriot. If you haven't seen The Patriot or Braveheart, typical Mel Gibson, I'm going to save the world in a war movie, and this podcast. I was all up in Soup's face about watching this podcast. Kyle Brandt, if you don't know him, he's the guy on Good Morning Football, but his career is ridiculous. He started as kind of a uh, – on a soap opera – um, Days of Our Lives, Then he ended up on the Jim Rome show. He was an All American running back for Princeton, kind of a good old American boy. But he does this podcast; it's awesome. He gets great guests. He asks them all these different questions. It's a competition, then it's an interview. Uh, Big time man crush on the guy. I mean, you talk on man crushes that most people would have had in their life. You're thinking like early two thousands McConaughey. Some people may go into like Leo DiCaprio, late 90s. But this one, 2020s, is Kyle Brandt for me right here. This guy's killing it. It's a great podcast. That got a little bit weird. I'm sorry about that. But, hey, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Sue. It got you through the Midwest and, uh, you know, you made your way back east. Go go west. Well, who said go west? Young, so, I mean,
1: I, young man. I think that was actually yeah. a question for Matthew McConaughey. Nice well, way, to, way
3: to intertwine all of that.
0: Thank you very much. Do you watch Good Morning Football with Kyle Brandt? Every oh yeah,
3: day? oh yeah. Him, Schrager, K. Adams. That had Nate I, Burleson was awesome. Nate Nate Burleson was a star too, and now he's doing the Strayhand path. So that show just turns out stars. I know everybody loves K. Adams, but she's
1: a true oh, football.
0: Uh, she's, too. Generational. she's
1: generational. She's generational. I can't
0: even tell you how much in love with K. Adams that I am. Honestly, I mean, is anybody not? Is that like a? No, weird I. I, I, I th- yeah,
3: I, I think. I think people love her, for sure. I mean, she's good. She's good. The show, whole show's good. I mean, the, that show is entertaining. You get the highlights. You get commentary. It's unique. It's a great show. But listen to the podcast. I mean, he's bringing out stars you never would, would even think about. Tim Robbins Shit. all the way to Gronk to... to Vigo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen to on that. Paul Rudd to the girl from Scrubs. Like, it's, it's good
0: content. It's good. Shra- Schrager is such a fucking nerd, too. But he just yeah. fits perfectly in, in that cast on that show. Yeah, like, he like would be on- such... Yeah. He'd be such a weirdo in any other circumstance, but in that situation, it works great.
3: His nerdyness does come out when he does the million-dollar picks with Bill Simmons on Fridays, which it's like, all right, dude, calm down a little bit. Deep down, you're just agreeing with literally everything that Bill, everything that Bill says. You're not going to disagree with anything he says. So we know you're going to end up with whatever his pick is as well, uh, while also dropping tidbits of knowledge to suggest that you're plugged into the industry.
1: This is about Kyle Brandt, though. I know we talked about Kay Adams. I know we're talking a little bit about Schrager, but Brandt is just good-looking, charismatic, funny, intelligent, knows how to divert conversations. The Guy Fieri episode was my favorite because Guy Fieri is one of my favorite celebrity and, and personalities. Hey, look who we got here. One of my favorite podcasters as well, the Crier. The Crier has joined us uh, to discuss a little Providence Hoops. Have you taken a listen to 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt, Crier? or do you know who Kyle Brandt is?
4: Yeah. I- I have not heard the 10 questions, but am a fan of Good Morning Football. Um, Although, I can't say that I watch it religiously. Uh, I've seen a couple episodes on a plane. Good plane show. I don't know why. Uh, Just throw it on, you know? Um, But, no, Burleson, it's tough that they lost him because I think he was – I mean, they all bring their own unique – you know insights, but Burleson, I, I think he started the drink a little bit.
3: No, He'll, he's replaceable. They're all replaceable. You got to have yeah. Everyone else is there. What were you thinking when you wa- walked into the show? And I was talking about how attractive Kyle Brant was. What,
4: yeah, was, I you're... was a little confused. Um, okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm late. By the way, uh, I was finishing up an episode for the Providence Cryer podcast. But uh yeah, just I mean, just,
1: just bogart our our podcast to know. promote yours. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs>
4: No, yeah, but uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm late, but um, Kyle Brent, are we continuing this? Or? <laughs> That's a good question, buddy.
5: I don't know how much further we got on it
1: here. I don't know. No, it, it, it might have reached the end of the road here, and and we can shift to PC. Yeah, bottom line,
3: bottom line, listen to his podcast. Listen to the Providence Criers podcast, and then listen to his podcast. We're we're plugging three podcasts at once. Can't keep up.
1: Juggling a lot of uh, a lot of podcasts. Yes, you're right. Why don't we talk a little bit about PC and the the hyena fan base, Cryer, First of all, congratulations on a scalding start, ten and one. Uh, that you're not yet ranked. So we discussed this last week. That me and the Shark think you guys should be ranked. Taylor last week was a little bit apprehensive, but we all agreed that it was absurd that you didn't even get votes. Did, were you able to get votes this week? Did you check that yeah, out yet? So I,
4: I actually thought you were congratulating me on the 54 votes that PC got, uh, which puts them at number three um, in the list of those others getting votes. So PC is technically number 28 in the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- they've gone off to a great start. And I think the thing that's, there's two things that, that are hurting them. One, Ken Palm's numbers, full crap beginning of the season, first of all. Cause it's all based off last year, and last year they stunk. So, like, you're right out of the gates, you're, you're dealing in a big hole that you got to climb out of. Secondly, their one loss against uh UVA UVA is doing us no favors, Tony Bennett. You got to clean it up, you got to clean it up, Tony. Like, this is ridiculous.
1: Are you um, embarrassed by that
4: loss? No, I'm not, and I'll tell you why I'm not. Because if you were to tell me one program/slash coach that would be just the worst matchup possible for for Ed Cooley in the Friars, it would be Virginia, Tony Bennett, and their pack line defense. Uh, They suffocated us. Um, On my pod, I predicted that we'd score 40 points. I got laughed at by my co-host, BOC. What did we do? We scored 40 points. Uh, Lost 58-40. Just a classic Tony Bennett. uh, Muck it up. pack the line defense. It was terrible. But I'm not embarrassed about it. And hopefully, hopefully, the ACC – a little shaky so far. Hopefully UVA can, uh, you know, right the train in in conference play.
0: Shaky's nice, by the way. They yeah, I
4: know it is. I didn't want to offend the shark too much.
0: Well, the <laughs> nice part about where oh, Providence yeah. stands right now, though, is that they have if they they can go from twenty seven or twenty eight to like top fifteen in the next. 10 days with this, with their schedule. They got UConn and they got Seton Hall in the next or before the end of the year. So, I mean, if they win those two games, you're talking about a, a fringe, you know, uh, ranked team to someone who should probably be in the top 15. What are your thoughts on these games coming up?
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Big East is going to be a bear this year. Um, they've had a great non conference. I think, you know, them, you know, you can make the argument Big 12, maybe Pac 12 as well. Um, for best starts so far in the non-conference slate. There's a lot of talent in in this league all all over the place. And that really wasn't the case last year. Um, Granted, you had the stars like like David Duke at PC, James Booknight at UConn. Um, But I, I think the overall talent level across the board in the Big East this year is awesome. And for PC, they put themselves in an excellent spot to get back to the NCAA tournament. Because at this point, none of your losses are going to be bad losses, right? Um, for the most part. I mean, granted, if DePaul ends up going oh in, in in 20 in league play and, <laughs> and revert back to the their old selves, then if you lose that game, sure. But you know, if you look at the overall conference, and Georgetown might be an exception there, although Georgetown did beat Syracuse over the weekend. So um a lot of opportunities for and as long as they just hold water and, you know, stay afloat in conference play, they'll be in the tournament.
3: Putting the records aside, and I always want to know the answer to this question. You, you know the team better than anyone you watched every single game. You've been watching them for, what, how long has he been there now, a decade?
4: Yeah, I've been out, out for a decade. So, yeah, 14, 15 years following the Friars.
3: Where does this team stack up amongst his other teams? So, you're looking at what are they, nine and one? Uh, that could be a real nine and one. That could be a fake nine and one. They, they may just be a nine and one team. They ten and one. The only reason and I'm one, saying whatever. ten was because he said nine and one about like five times just now. At nine and one. You ever heard of the nine, nine one? Yeah, whatever. Um, so, comparing this to other Providence teams, the Chris Dunn's, the Bryce Cottons, the, the Marshawn Brooks, all those guys, where do they stack up amongst them?
4: Um, You know, I think it's probably the third best team that, that Cooley's had so far in his 11 seasons. Um, you know, obviously the, the Bentle done year was awesome. Um, the year that they had Cartwright and they upset Xavier in the, the Big East Conference semis, um, I thought that team was was more similar to this team that they have now. Yes, you have Nate Watson in the middle. He's the star. But you look at Nate Watson's numbers so far, he's had a handful of games where he hasn't done much scoring-wise because he's constantly getting double, triple teamed. And the other guys are stepping up. So it's a really balanced team. And that's I think that's what sets them apart from other teams in the past. So, yeah, I would rank him number three.
1: Is Nate Watson still underrated? Do you think he's still overlooked in the the, the landscape of college big men?
4: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, granted, this the big men in in this season it's loaded uh, all over the map. You got the two guys at Purdue, Williams and Edie. Um, you got Trace Jackson Davis. Um, yeah, unfortunately for, for Watson, when you're a back to the basket old school big and you play at Providence College, you're probably not going to get the hype th- that that you deserve. Um, but he has time to change that and you know, he's just, offensively, he's just unreal to watch. He really is. He's only averaging 15 a game. Like I said, he had a few games where uh, he just didn't score that much, didn't really shoot the ball that much, but he's shooting 64% from the floor. He was in the 70s for a little bit. Um, He's just unstoppable around the rim, and he's improved his range, and man, like, the defense and stuff is still not his strong suit, but I think if Watson has a big season in, in the Big East, he'll definitely be up there.
0: So when you look at the games that Providence has played so far, they haven't necessarily blown out any of the teams that were notably worse than them, other than Sacred Heart, but Sacred Heart's fucking terrible, so they're not even worth talking about. But they, they've they got a lot of like 10- to 12-point games against teams that maybe they should have blown out, but they've also beaten teams like Wisconsin, um, you know that maybe they weren't even predicted to win. Do you think that's a, a good thing or a bad thing as you go into the Big E season where every game is just kind of like a, a bar fight where almost every game becomes close? Do you think there's any negative to say about that they haven't blown out a, a lot of the teams maybe that they're notably better than?
4: No, I mean, I, I, I do think it's, it's worth consideration. Um, I think Cooley teams kind of by design for whatever reason let teams just kind of hang around. Um, You know, you look at it, and that's what hurts PC from a metrics perspective. And that's probably why they're not ranked at this very moment. You look no further than on last Saturday, they play central Connecticut. Who's horrendous. They're up 63 to 34 with 11 and a half minutes left in the game. They end up winning by 15 and only score 68 points total. So they have five points. In 11 and a half minutes so you know
1: do you think they just got bored like I mean that that, yes, that seems like it would it probably what it was
4: yeah probably like bored. 11 and a half minutes five points. Yeah. troubling like that, that does have me a little nervous but um but yeah they're a team that just you know they'll, they'll let some of the worst teams hang around a, a little bit more than than say uh your other teams but I mean, I think that's kind of what you get when you don't have a super efficient offense. Um, they're a grind; they've always been that grinded out team. So, I think that's just kind of the product of of, of what happens there. You, you don't always blow out the, the shitty team. So, we'll
5: do see.
3: Do you think you're better than Xavier?
4: I think we split for Xavier. Um, that's not what I asked. Do you think I th- that's not what you asked. Uh, do so I think we're better than Xavier? No, not, not the moment.
3: Um, oh, an honest answer right there. I was all ready to pounce on you. This interview not. sucks, dude. What the yeah. fuck? That's
4: how <laughs> no, what we thought mean,
3: you up
1: for.
4: Listen, um, Travis Steele has had talent since he's been at Xavier. And the one thing with Xavier is show it to me. They're a team that's constantly I mean, the past said. few years. Look Outside the of yeah,
2: just
3: look in the mirror right now. I mean, at the same time, you sure. had Nate Watson for like six years.
4: Sure. But you look at Xavier, all that talent. blowing the guy had...
3: about how he was don't... offensively, like Kevin McHale over here. He's been there for six years. Uh, Ed Cooley's been the coach the whole time. Um, and you're telling me that Z- Steele's been there for what? Three years at this point? I think four three, for think. him. Okay. Well, my, my point stands.
4: Yeah, but – You got to understand, like Xavier has been able to recruit at a higher level than PC so far. Well,
3: I I thought that Cooley was the king of the Northeast.
4: Well, you know Xavier's program. They've been the constant program of, Not according
3: to you guys. I thought Providence was the jewel of, you know, they don't get enough credit for being a top 50 program.
4: Well, they don't. Uh, On the grand scheme of things, they don't. You know, you guys had your list. Um, I think you just failed. Which is based correctly. on
3: facts. So Xavier was in that top fifty, but just barely in that top fifty.
1: You got to win a big. You got to reg- win a
3: regular season conference title.
4: Uh, no, no. Like there- you don't have- to- hold on.
3: This is distilling down to one question: are, are you telling me it's easier to win at Xavier than it is to win at Providence College?
4: No, but th- those are the two toughest places to play in the East, my opinion.
3: Yeah, but I'm not talking about the environment. Speaking of which, do you have to go to Gamble this weekend for UConn or is that at the, yeah, I'm in going. Hartford?
4: Uh, it, oh, it's in Hartford at, at XL. Okay. That, um, oh
3: shit. It oh, territory. Game. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. I'll have boots on the ground. I, I think PC is going to have a pretty good turnaround. This is going to be, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited. Uh, okay. UConn, obviously they're 22 in Kempom. They got top 30 offense and defense. I personally have questions about their offense. Um, You know, R.J. Cole. Okay, great. You have R.J. Cole, but you had him last year. And you had book night. And what'd you do? Mm, Wasn't that great? They
1: made the the tournament. UConn season last year. They lost lost the opening round Yeah, They're throwing a parade in in
3: Providence if they make the tournament.
4: Yes, I understand that. But you got to understand a lot of hype that these UConn – Providence fans may be hyenas when things are going well. But UConn is just like on cloud nine thinking they still have Jim Calhoun and this this blue chip program. It's just not well, the case anymore.
3: I mean, they did um, win a title without Jim Calhoun.
4: Okay. We all know how that title went down.
2: Calhoun left.
4: Ollie became the fall guy. I mean, it's it's not simple. <laughs> Calhoun just like quit because he was like, oh, I'm done. And then he coaches D3 or D2 or whatever. Mm, yeah, something fishy there. think he retired recently too wanted to take the fall so he could get out of there unblemished and that's what he did but um you know now they're in the hurlier and they're getting great recruits and good for them but let's see hurley put it all together
1: so far i haven't
4: seen that it just happened
1: do do you have uh any chirps ready for a cook a cook because you got into it with UConn twitter a couple years ago maybe last year two years ago when he went down with a season-ending injury and I think they were saying that he's going to be back by the end of the year uh, so it seems as if you got some beef with with their fans re a cook a cook
4: well a cook was a big target for PC uh and he ends up choosing UConn over them so that was tough but yeah no the UConn fan they're just so delusional the guy t- blows an Achilles in like January or February of the season prior, of the COVID shortened season. And they think he's gonna come back day one. Like, this is what what I have to deal with here. These Yukon fans are ridiculous. A guy blows his a killer. Like, you gotta understand, like one, there's a time off. And then once you're once you're fully back in the time off, to get in gear during a, a season coming off an injury, that's really tough to do. Uh and so I was I was totally exonerated when a cook cook barely saw a floor last year. So there
3: you go. So you're behind enemy lines this weekend. I have a source that frequently goes to the Dunkin' Donuts arena for Providence college basketball games. And he tells me that when you walk into that arena as the Providence crier, you are the mayor. You got people chirping at you from sections left. You got people chirping at you from sections up top. Crier, crier, come get a pick, come get a pick. Do you expect to have your allies with you in Connecticut this weekend?
4: Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll have a few. And it's kind of funny you mentioned this because, you know, I've been doing the blog for about about like seven years, I think, or five or seven years, and the podcast for three years. This never happened to me once uh, the entire time. But this year, I don't know what it is. People are liking the content, uh, coming up to me, getting photos, doing all this stuff. Uh, Have you signed so, an yeah, yet? Very appreciative for the cult falling that, that I've created here in, in Friartown.
3: Have you signed any autographs yet?
4: No, no autographs. But would you?
3: What would, would you. Actually, I'm going to not ask this question and see how it plays out instead.
1: Great content, Shark.
3: Sure. Thank you. What <laughs> well, is that I, mean, even me? I, I mean, I'm going. I'm going off the cuff here. You know, I had a question. I want to see how it happens, but I think it may inspire people to actually ask for an autograph from the crier. At this point, then I want to see that autograph posted on Twitter and put that person on a list because that is deeply
4: <laughs> concerned. Okay, okay. Well, we can maybe work that out. But uh, Shark, I got a story for you. That's. I mean, it's not an autograph, but it, it was kind of funny. We're Coffee. in Newark and this guy that, that's a Seaton Hall guy, but uh, he's followed the Cryer and he like follows other biggies blogs. He uh, he gets to this bar that, that we end up going to, Reds, which is right across the prudential center. It, how about this? My two road trips this year, Newark and Hartford, could I pick dumpier places to go to? <laughs> oh, no.
1: Dude. Well, we,
4: anyway.
1: we need to after this story, we need to brainstorm some like destination places in the big East, at least, but go ahead.
4: Um, yeah, so this guy comes up to me and he's like, Oh, the crier. So, like, he comes up, he just plops himself down with his beer, starts chatting me up. And, and uh, BOC, the guy I do the podcast with, he's going to get us beers. And he comes back. So, he sits down. I'm like, Oh, this is BOC. And so, he starts talking to him. And the guy just goes, No offense to you, BO, but I really came here to see the crier.
1: <laughs> he called <laughs> him BO. <laughs>
4: I mean, oh, did yeah. he leave?
1: Did he leave the? He clearly left the C off on purpose, right?
4: I, I'm not. No, I, I don't even know. I think he was just <laughs> so uh, excited to see the crier that they just called him Bo.
1: He called him Bo. Have you passed on this this piece of feedback to BOC about how, his pronunciation of Xavier?
4: Oh yeah, he knows, and he's going to continue to call it Egg Xavier.
1: Okay. Willful ignorance.
0: I like I like Javier still, but who is the? Uh, Who was the guy that we all got it? The Providence guy that we all got into it on Twitter with, not this year but last year.
1: Uh, Was it the guy with the Keno Davis Avi? Fuck, what Uh, was his? I can't remember. Friars fans, Bluff City Friars. (laughs) Bluff City Friars. That's it. That sounds about right.
4: Yeah, Yeah, man. uh, You know, we we got a passionate fan base. What what can I say? Clearly. Uh, And
1: the dunk, the dunk is home to that passionate fan base. What's going on with uh, that? Th- that saga with the three-point sign.
4: Oh, yes. Tell t- yes. tell the
1: theater goers what's going on there.
4: Yeah, so I mean, we have season tickets. Me and a few other of my uh, PC classmates, class of 2012. Um, so you know, we go to the games. We're in section 234. We pretty much the nosebleeds, but like if you ever been to the dunk, there's really not a bad seat in the house. It's just pretty, just the way it, it's built. But uh, the guy that sits behind us in the very last row, he brought three point signs against – oh, who did he bring against? Texas Tech, I think. And, uh, and he's like, I brought 15. I'm like, oh, Jesus, why did you why did you think of bringing 15? And, like, I think we hit one in the first half. It was pretty funny. But anyways, he's hanging him up. Uh, and he's been doing it for a few games. And I caught wind that I, in the Vermont game – The dunk, the people at the dunk asked him to take it down. So it's all he's doing is putting up a sign that says three, taping it on the back of the wall when PC hits the three, just like, you know, at Red Sox games, they do it for strikeouts. They do it at plenty of other places too. Um, So it's a simple, fun thing. And the dunk made him take it down. So I actually had his girlfriend reach out to me on Twitter to to give me the scoop. Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah some of my other hyenas uh coming around you know being like I'll talk to the guy at security we'll we'll get this fixed so hopefully the dunk allows him to continue to do this because it's a harmless thing so
1: it sounds like you run the dunk with an iron fist
4: I'm trying to
3: so my source says it says it's a spectacle when you walk in there with the people you know, flashing their tits at him, screaming his name, trying to get photos with him. It's great. Um, I do have one final question that I'm going to shut up and let Sue de- take you where you want to go. But my, uh, I actually wrote this out because it's a very important question I want. I've never written out a question in my entire time doing this show. So I want you to listen very carefully. and I want you to answer it properly. Over the last 10 years, do you think that there is any program in the country in college basketball with fans that care as much as you guys, but have had such little success on the court.
4: Nice little end to that question. There. <laughs> I
1: feel like this is a cross examination.
4: Um, uh, yeah, I would say you or I, but they, they like don't get up unless their team's actually good. Um, it was actually pretty funny this this year when we played you or I. Uh, it was at the dunk and. I didn't think there was a single roadie fan there. And then they went on a little run and all of a sudden they started like appearing through the woodwork. Um, but yeah, I'll say you're right. That place is is empty right now. And, and your guy has scarred. He's, he's all sad about how bad his team is. So they're fair weather. And, but, but the Ryan center can get loud. Uh, you know, the only time we lose in the rivalry is at the Ryan center. So that's a good place. Um, you know, what about like Indiana? I Indiana
1: saying, has a rabbit I fan was about a about play playing Indiana yeah.
4: uh, because they haven't been good recently yet. Their fans are super passionate. And PC's kind of got a nice little connection with, with IU too, um, with Emmett Holt, who transferred over. And then now Alec Durham, who was beloved in Bloomington, uh, is now in the starting five. Uh, that's a good one. I think IU's a good one.
3: I think we need to come up with almost like an equation or something for these schools that have fan bases that are gonna stay with them through thick and thin, be very passionate about it, but just be such losers on the court. Now I know you're gonna see doing
4: this. Well, right?
3: But this is what you're doing. You're deflecting the program, you're punching down at this point. I'm not up here pretending to be saying that Boston College is the jewel of the Northeast. In fact, they're they're the they're the horse poop on the side of the road of the Northeast at this point. They're terrible. It's in, you see that game against Albany? It was pukeworthy.
4: I caught that. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I don't They're know how you lose that game. So I'm not. Don't punch down. All right. I'm asking for you to look around the room, self evaluate a little bit right here. What other programs are like you, where you where you pound your chest left and right, but you know you really have no kind of uh, what, what's the thing that. that Podium to stand at, on the, at the end. Podium is not the right word. But something to I say Tennessee? Yeah. Well, I is mean, that what we're trying to get to do? No, it's not. We've sniffed a Sweet 16 game before. We've been ranked number one. We've played in SEC championship
4: games. All
3: right.
1: We've done we played
4: the biggest conference championship games, too. Well, won, the,
1: won the damn thing. Was it Was yeah. it the year that when you won the tournament? Was that the year yeah. Cooley split they, his pants? That's true. No, so, I mean, it was they not. they got
4: that. the championship. Yeah. That he split his pants in a losing effort in the championship game.
3: Yeah. All right, I like that Indiana but, one though, Sue. That was a good pull. There's, there's, no, there's I, any other ones. I, I would out agree, I'm yeah.
2: not putting yeah. Tennessee.
0: Is is Memphis up there at all? Um, I don't think Memphis. Yeah, what's the time? I mean,
4: frame? Memphis has a. I said ten, 10 years. years. I said
0: last 10? ten years. I don't. I, maybe Memphis, Memphis goes or... wild for their team preseason until the actual game start. Oh, but I mean, I, I Gary this...
4: Parish does a radio show in Memphis, I believe, solely dedicated to the Memphis Tigers.
0: No, they do. They care a
3: lot. In fact, I, I tweeted this at the Barn Chief uh, the other day, but I was in Knoxville literally a month ago to the day, and he and I are rolling around the old city. We're drunk. We're talking. We're doing everything, and he looks me in the eyes and he says, Memphis will not lose a game this year. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He was so wrong, and uh, yeah, I had to chirp him. So if you ever see him, you know, really, just look him in the eyes and give him a very firm: Memphis will not lose a game this year. That's I awesome. saw you.
1: Uh, I saw you tweet that. I thought you were quoting Goodman no, or something. That was him. That was him a month ago. At the uh, that's a, That's it a terrible worse... You need a
4: point guard to, to be good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <Who knew? laughs> that's a worse yeah.
1: reflection on you as a friend, Shark, for letting him get that drunk.
3: He wasn't drunk. I know. I said he was drunk, but he he was he was. If you asked him if he said that, he would remember. It. All right. So no, he, he wasn't. Yeah yelled it that happened
1: Surette. i want to go back to the off season i listened to the preview episode that you had on the providence Cryer podcast and what did you have pc ranked in the big east prediction was fifth fourth i
4: think i put him seventh seventh
1: seventh or sixth.
4: Ah! Sixth.
1: Sixth. so okay is it pretty bad <laughs> laugh from the shark you're the hyena actually did you ever think that in the first 11 games you'd be 10 and one in your heart of hearts really
4: no not at all uh and i'll tell you what um i specifically came in the year with no expectations because after the way last year went you got Nate watson you got david duke you would think you know you got two stars they could lead you to success and that couldn't have been more from the case last season um so no i think i picked them six it's actually kind of funny I picked Hall 7th. I thought they were going to suck. And I'm big wrong about them. Uh, I thought Jared Roden, great player, but he's more of a Robin. And for the second season in a row, it seems like Seton Hall has a Robin trying to be Batman uh, with Mamu last year. Um, But Jared Roden's proven me wrong, and I'm eating crow there. And, yeah, I think I'm eating crow on this PC team. I, you know, they're – They're playing with a chemistry that they haven't had in a while. Um, I like the pieces that they have. You know, you can bring in a guy like Minaya, who started for three years uh, at South Carolina. You can bring him off the bench. He started um, the last game for the first time. But you bring a guy like that off the bench, you got, um, you know, you you could have Breed, sophomore guard, come off the bench. Ed Crosswell, who was kind of thought of as an afterthought, Uh, going into this season he's had a few big time games where now okay maybe this guy can emerge down the line um so they've had so many and you look at some of their games watson hasn't been dominant in every single one yet someone else steps up so i think this team's trending in the right direction um i think they're going to be a tough out in conference play and as long as they don't really shit the bed in conference play they should be in the tournament again which i'm excited to see. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe we can sniff that sweet sixteen that the sharks talking about.
0: So, are any of these teams going to knock off Villanova for the conference title this year? Villanova, who's lost to every good team they've played so far this year, except, and are and are still ranked fucking seventh or whatever, even though they've lost all three games against good teams. Uh, anyone going to take? Well, hold out? on, they beat they beat Tennessee. Tennessee's Tennessee. a good team. Oh, okay, excuse me. They have lost to the three. Best teams they've played. Tennessee with.
4: lost to Tech. Who we beat Tech? Yeah, hey, Tech's oh, ranked. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it's, Eric, it's,
4: it's a bunch of baloney. Tech, Texas Tech, Tech has one good win. There are all their other wins. I think are quad four. So, go figure.
3: I think but, they're gonna get um, pounded by Gonzaga on Saturday too. Yeah, Texas Tech plays uh, Gonzaga. That, yeah. that that's going to be your opening to get back in. So if you guys win against UConn, you got an opportunity to be ranked. And you guys, can- if
4: we win against UConn and are not in, I I officially riot. Yeah, uh, you
3: can do your parade.
4: But but, but back to the question though, I, you know Villanova. I thought going in, I knew they were going to be the top of the class, but certainly some question marks for Villanova that you don't always have. They don't have a big man, like at all. Um, and you know, the teams that have won, it's not like they have a dominant, dominant big, but like Spellman, um, and uh, oh god, I'm blanking on the other center's name, Pascal. Yes, so the two years, yeah, so they had some sort of a big man this year, it's Dixon, and now, so you look at the conference going in, the one thing they got going for him is experience with Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels, um, and you know. Of course, leave it to Villanova to have a guy named uh, a guy named Brent Slater, who, not super highly heralded, heralded out of high school, but was pretty highly rated recruit, does nothing for three years. Now this year is like at fifteen a game, but I believe he was pretty terrible in some of their their lot recent losses. Um, I trust Jay Wright to put them around the top three, I think for sure, but I definitely think Xavier. Yukon Providence Hall could all give them a run run for their money. Uh, I honestly believe that. I mean, look at Providence. Like, who's going to stop Nate Watson on, on Villanova? Like,
1: did that, I see the mere Cosby think... Roundtree is back?
4: Yeah, like, is he back? Him.
1: I thought he was done. For, like, I thought yeah. he like re- medically retired.
4: Yeah, th- there's no way to know anymore with, with these uh, free COVID seasons that 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 guys are getting. But, uh, but yeah. I think Villanova is very susceptible. And I think so far, you've seen teams like uh, the four that I mentioned. I think they can definitely give Nova a run for that number one spot.
1: What's been the most surprising part of this season, Cryer? Like, go a little deeper than just, oh, we're 10 and one. What, look at a player, maybe even the coaching staff, the style of play, offense, defense. What has been the biggest thing that stands out to you where you're like, I did not see this coming.
4: Um, so I got two, one that they didn't have a hiccup against a really shitty team. Uh, that's always been a theme for, for not only Cooley, but like ever since I started following the program, even Keno Davis, like Keno Davis' first game ever at PC was a home loss to Northeastern. That should have told us something, by the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, they've always had hiccups in the non-conference and losing to really bad teams that you shouldn't lose to. So um, so yeah, I think their ability to take care of business this year and not have any bad loss, hopefully that remains the case. Virginia's hovering now on a quad three loss, which again, that, that'd just be nonsense. Um, but one, that's been a surprise. The other surprise has to be their cohesion in, in chemistry. For sure. Like, it is night and day when you watch last year's team to this year's team in terms of guys communicating, guys playing together, guys picking each other up. It's it's night and day from, from uh, the prior season. And you got guys like Nate Watson saying, listen, like, I have personal goals, but I also have team goals, and I realize I'm not the only player on this team. And if you want to double me, great, but pick your poison. while will have other guys that can burn you and that's been awesome like the the culture has shifted back towards what cooley had it pre-pandemic so like to see that
1: yeah so last question here as it pertains to the to the friars when we're recording next week will they be ranked let me actually rephrase that are you going to beat uconn
4: yeah, I mean, that's the question, right? Because they only have one game, and if they win it, they'll be ranked. If they don't win it, they won't be ranked. Uh, I think they can. I think, unfortunately, the injury bug will will play a role in this, right? If there's no Sunogo or Martin, I really like their chances. I don't like UConn's offense, to be honest with you, without a guy like Sunogo, uh scoring down low and a guy like Martin, who's a big body guard that can crash the glass. Um, and if they're just gonna lean on RJ Cole, like, good, like, have fun with that. Um, did you watch that, that UConn game against West Virginia?
1: A little bit, yeah. I think the that West Virginia did, team's not very good. No, no,
3: they're terrible.
1: I, that
4: West Virginia team, I wasn't that impressed with them. And granted, Yukon's without two starters, but they looked lost offensively. Um, I they mean, they're nice they, win against the Bonnies, but yeah,
3: if you look at the them, they What's America's that? dark America's darling, the Bonnies over
0: there. Well no, you know, hold they, on. They, go go back a second. West Virginia missed literally like 20 fucking free throws in that game and yeah, UConn yeah. still couldn't win it.
4: Yeah, like I think that's their offense definitely scares me. So I think if this is gonna be kind of dumb to say, but I think if no Shinogo, no Martin, I think Province walks in there victorious. I, I really do. Um, if those guys do play, they'll probably end up losing. Um but that shouldn't just erase everything that they've done so far. I mean, UConn's, you know, they're ranked for a reason. So uh, we'll see. But that's my prediction. No Sunogo, we got the win. Sunogo, we probably lose.
1: You got to be able to f- uh, implement some sort of wordplay there. Sunogo, no-go. Yes. If he's a no-go, right. Like That's what I'm saying. Be a little sharper. Game days. like just a few days away. And, and we talk about theater here imagine the cinema of mike Surrett two stepping out in hartford after a big road win my goodness Pray for the lot. town of hartford <laughs>
4: the, the funny thing is is i was thinking about this so the game i believe is at 5 yeah the game's at 5 And the pats play like right after that so i'm like picturing like a scenario here where yukon and province fans are like fist fighting in the bathroom and then, like, they go to the bar later that night and be like, oh, do you like Tom Brady? Oh, yeah, I do like Tom Brady. My like, woman, well, uh, But um, it's going to be rowdy. I-, I think PC will bring a good contingent. I mean, it'll definitely be Yukon heavy, obviously, in-, in their barn. But uh, I'm excited for it. it. It should make for some theater in this one. I-, I think we could have some theater. Maybe Cooley and Hurley fight again. Who knows?
0: So, since we kind of started this discussion with football, I hate to bring it back to football, but do we have any uh, any thoughts on the Patriots heading down the stretch here?
4: For me, I mean, man, I'm, how could you not like the way they've played recently, reeling off seven straight? Um, you know, I, I always believed in their defense, even when they were two and four and people were calling out the defense. To me, it was more Mac Jones not getting – not converting enough drives into touchdowns. They kind of left a lot of points off the field uh on the field um, in the beginning. But the way they're playing now, man, Mac's only gonna get better. So I think I think they're a legit Super Bowl contender. And Saturday will be interesting because you know, Jonathan Taylor's coming in super hot. Um one thing that Bill Belichick does great at is trying to eliminate. Just take a guy completely out of the offense. So I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see how the Colts defend the run. I think the Pats got some good running backs um, with, uh, with Stevenson and, and Damian Harris. So is this another game where Belichick exposes the Colts' rush defense? You, who was that guy um, that, that played at Notre Dame? It was super random. And one night against the Colts, I think it was a primetime game, News are our only back. Jonas had Gray, like two, yes, Jonas Gray. There you go. He had like two hundred yards. Like,
3: yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, good points. Oh, gosh, I, I do want to, you know just real quick. I, I know we got to wrap this up shortly, but you mentioned um, how great Mac Jones has been doing in that game against Buffalo, Mike. Do you think if you were playing quarterback for the Pats, they still would have won that game?
4: Possibly. If you gave me like a week to, to like know how to like uh, change up the plays or whatever, in and, and, uh, um Yeah, you
3: just got to hand the ball off the whole time. Right, right? you just
4: got to hand it off. I mean, Mac does make some adjustments at the line, so I I would maybe have to figure others out, but I think I can handle it.
3: Good, follow-up question to that. Have you seen the stat circulating about the amount of missed kicks that have been happening? I fucking knew you were going to bring this. (laughs) You shoehorned
1: it into everything. Something so remarkable, like last night. Well, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. it's going to happen eventually. The Monday night game, we got Matt Prater and and uh, Johnny Hecker hitting 50, 50 plus yarders and the shark comes in out of nowhere talking about the football team and how they fare against kickers versus the 20, Patriots. Kickers are twenty
2: three
3: kickers are twenty three of twenty-five against the football team, fifteen of twenty-five against the Patriots. That's preposterous. That's the only Thanks. reason this winning streak's happening. You're getting missed kicks after missed kicks, it's luck. Just, I mean, just we've always
1: got just
3: pitch, diving right. into a Twitter a tweet about the, just
1: the educating Rams and my courses. followers. That's all I'm doing. Wait, I'm what
0: what's the average length of these kicks though? I, I'm not I'm not doing deep dives Because right, if the Patriots right? aren't aren't allowing them inside the 35 and the and the football team's allowing them to the 10 no, or something, y- y- young,
3: young hoo koo missed like a 36 <laughs> yarder on Thursday night. It changed well, the whole well, tempo of the game.
4: Well, Sharp, let me let me throw this at you because this might change the complexion you know, for years to come In 2023, Gillette is renovating, or the Patriots are renovating Gillette Stadium. And now the back entrance with the lighthouse that's that's open yeah. is going to be enclosed. It's going to, I, I bet, bet your bottom dollar, Bill Belichick's furious about this.
5: Furious. Because
4: so. he's all about the wind. He's all about the conditions and being on top of that. You enclose that? this area, it might change everything. If there is,
1: if there's a sports God, let me tell you, I, we need to get a touchdown beer down at the XL center from Surrett. I'm just, I'm picturing Surrett. First of all, if you haven't, if you haven't followed him on Instagram, go do a touchdown beer down, but, uh, Every single time the Patriots score a touchdown, Surrett will just chug a beer, and he has his little, his little skit. But I'm telling you, if there's a sports god, it's Surrett in the XL Center after, like, a 20-point performance from Nate Watson. PC wins on the road. There's this despondent Husky fan behind him, and we get Surrett being like, Nate Watson with 20 points, uh, Al Durham with six assists, back Jones to Kendrick Bourne, that's another
4: touchdown! <laughs> You might
1: have beer to do a game down, down beer down. Uh, game down, beer down, yes. And just,
4: like, chug my beer and spike it at, at the XL Center. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Too. I'll see what I can
1: do. See what you can do, please. Hey, we're going to wrap it up. So, right, you want to uh, hang with us until the finish line or you want to drop? I'll leave that up to you. What do you think? we got about 15 minutes left. Uh,
5: drop him.
3: I'm, drop <laughs> him. I'm playing him in fantasy football this week. I'm sick of looking at him. It's a playoff game.
4: Drop it is him. like a playoff game. Although I've noticed you benched your whole team. Sure.
3: That's what I do. I don't want you to get an advantage against me. I don't let you see any projected starters. So I'm still there's a history that goes way back between me and the crier. I think this was probably back in like 2014. Uh, Joe Flacco just killed me on Sunday night football. I know this is the content that everyone wants, but if you sense a little bit angst in my voice whenever I talk with Cryer, it always goes back to this fantasy weekend. Well, yeah, no, Flacco. it was
4: Marshawn Lynch. He he got he got two yards on the carry yeah, at the uh, end game that pushed me over the final point to beat you for yeah. the title. So let's get this guy
3: out of here. Um, All right. He's done. Really.
1: All
4: right. I will drop off. Thanks for having
5: me, cool. guys. Appreciate
1: it. Great See chatting you. as always, Cryer. See you, buddy. All right. Let's go finish it off now with some bets. And please, sir, I want some more.
5: Please, sir, I want some more. What? what more.
1: i know i always start with the shark and taylor this was an issue last week or last year excuse me so i'm gonna start with you but let's go ahead and recap last week if you don't mind shark west virginia to cover yukon did indeed hit that was uh minus one and a half indiana to cover wisconsin did not hit plus three and a half they should have they were demolishing wisconsin and then just completely folded down the stretch alabama to cover houston i was on the road i did not catch this game minus three uh it was a barn burner didn't catch it but bama did not cover that line one and two for the shark taylor on the other hand went two and one eastern washington his boys to cover colorado great pick i think they only lost by uh, uh or three points and they were 16 point dogs so that one hit of course cornell uh did not cover against virginia tech plus 18 virginia tech absolutely blew them out of the water and Arizona traveled to Champaign blind line you said they were going to win that game out right uh it was two and a half they won by four minus two and a half i should say so two and one for taylor one and two for the shark taylor how do we continue this this winning streak that you got
0: well, I actually, because it's kind of the holiday season, want to extend all a, the branches of sorts here to the shark. Cause I would have taken, I did take that same Alabama and same Indiana line with him with my own dollars, uh, that night, uh, last week. So that was brutal. Indiana's loss was fucking terrible. They were up 17 with at the end of the first half and somehow still didn't cover plus five. I believe it ended up being your plus four. So that's brutal. Um, But because of the success of one team this last week, I'm going to go ahead and roll with them again. I'm going to roll with Arizona again at minus 23.5 at home against Northern Colorado. I'm going to bet on this Arizona team until they prove to me that I shouldn't, I guess, because they uh, pretty much cover everything right now. Um, This is a game that they might win by 30 or 40 again. Uh, If I'm wrong, then, well, you know me, I guess. But there's no reason to to not bet on this Arizona team right now. Um, Benedict Matherin has been, was a national player of the league th- this last week and the Pac-12 player of the week two weeks in a row. This team is at, for real, and that's all biases aside, in my opinion. Uh, next team I'm going to take is another Pac-12 team is USC. USC has played almost nobody this year, but despite that fact, they're now in the top 10 uh nationally i'm going to take them against in-state rival uc irvine let's call it um they're only an 11 point favorite at home against uc irvine so i'm going to roll with the undefeated trojans minus 11 and then i'm going to go with kind of a random game in missouri state they're playing south dakota state south dakota state who notably just beat washington state this last week on one of the goofiest looking releases of a buzzer beater i've ever seen uh that was a pretty big upset. And there's a reason that was an upset, and that's because South Dakota is not quite as good as the record would indicate. So I'm going to go Missouri State minus four over South Dakota State.
1: All right. Check me here. Arizona to cover Northern Colorado minus 23.5. USC to cover Irvine's the anteaters, right? Correct. Correct. The anteaters minus 11. Missouri State to cover against South Dakota State minus four. Shark. Let's bounce back
3: here, huh? Why don't we bounce back? What do you got? I mean, it's one and two. Take it easy. It took a miracle on a Wednesday night to beat me. I had that one locked up. I'm watching Yellowstone. I'm relaxing. Next thing you know, I got people texting me saying, sure, sure, if we lost. I mean, it happens. All right. But this was a sign to me. You know, I, I was doing Wednesday night guarantees way too early in the season. Last year, these weren't clicking until late January, early February. So I'm not going to I'm going to kind of back off a little bit on the Wednesday nights. I'm not doing any Wednesday night picks this week. We're going all blind lines on Saturday. Uh, you heard the prior on the on the podcast earlier talking about the UConn Providence game. That same source that I referenced, my Providence guy, he told me that UConn's going to wipe the floor. Um, so I, I'm going Providence. I'm excuse me. I'm going UConn in that game. I wish it was in Gamble; where it would be a little bit louder? But I'm just going to trust Danny Hurley in this spot, regardless of the limitations that they have. To be clear, I am asked, to, You know that line is going to shift based off who's active and who isn't. So I'm just going to take UConn to cover, regardless of the number. Uh, the next one I'm going to take is I'm just going to roll with my team. I'm going to take Xavier. They're playing Marquette. They're healthy. They got everyone back. Fremantle's back. Jack Nunge is a beach. Scruggs has kind of been sucking, but Nate Johnson's still there. Kunkel. I'm, I'm a Xavier guy. I've been calling them for the final four from the beginning of the year, and I'm going to pick them against Shaka Smart's Marquette team, even though they had a good win against Kansas State last week. And My final pick, I alluded to it earlier, is going to be Gonzaga over Texas Tech. I watched Texas Tech in the worst basketball game I've ever seen against Tennessee. Just horrific shooting. Painful. I'm sorry that my, my people had to experience that. On a lazy Tuesday, on an ESPN, there's nothing else on. That was featured. Six of forty from three. Texas Tech wasn't much better. They struggled to score. Uh, they have the guy that was on Coral um, Roberts last year that can really stroke it. But I think Gonzaga is a matchup problem for them. Everyone on Texas Tech is small, absent that big French dude. But you know he's going to get exposed by Holmgren, and, and I think Gonzaga is going to roll them. So those are my three picks: blind lines, UConn, Xavier, and Gonzaga
1: terrific terrific stuff uh all right let's go ahead now and finish it up actually shark i'm going to bring you back in with friday bracketology you got that up it's the return of friday bracketology what do you got for us
3: i actually don't have it up right now but if you you kind of chew clock with me right now as we talk back and forth you all right how's the west coast West Coast is good. It's I've, doing all right? I'm good. Well, I'm, I'm good. I got it up. We're good. Now. Okay, good stuff. All right, so Friday Bracketology, last four in, court storms. Everyone saw that one from the week prior. You had Rutgers storming the court against uh, Purdue. The Army-Navy game, Diego Fago. I mean, that guy, polarizing figure, dirty, uh, dangerous name to say, but a hell of a football player out on the field. Uh, big booty mixes. If you don't know what that is, it's not what you think. It's more so just a, a remix to get you going. It takes every song you've ever probably heard in your life. And they mash them up into like a white Panda type of thing. Uh, if you were around in the early 2010s when, when life was on fire. And then the last one is life advice with Ryan or terrific segment. huge fan of that podcast. Um, I chirp for a lot, but I'm, he's like kind of Kyle Brandt for me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm punching up. They can punch down.
1: Well, Rosillo versus versus Brant. Who are you going with? Gun to head. Ah, God.
3: I and mean, I just go way back with Rosillo from you know way back to one ten the zone. If you that's early, early Boston's a uh, network that no chance yeah. that things still exists. I love yeah. Rosillo. Then you're, you're so loyalty is going to yeah, it's going to stick. But I mean, you're going I, with my, the nostalgia my, fuck over the got, guy. Yeah. I got a wandering eye. Let's just put it that way. Um, and then the first four out, let's go. Celebrating when losing. This was um, Chase Claypool. I mean, come on, dude. You're doing the dance after the first down on that on that fourth quarter drill. Iced windshields. Dealt with my first one in New England this past week. Horrible. Got to get that car going earlier so you can get rid of it earlier on. Email, red receipts. You guys ever deal with any of those? When someone sends you an email and they're like, can you?" you have to click another button saying that you read it? And they get the receipt? Fucking so kidding me! <laughs> like, what, what are you, what are you doing with that information? Do You got like another folder, or you're just saying, "Oh, remember that email that you, I got the receipt from April seventeenth. What do you acknowledge it? They just yeah, need to it. know that you've acknowledged it, so that if you don't reply,
1: they're uh, like, uh, "I know, I'm on your ass." Yeah, I mean, it's like a text message.
3: Not, not quite my tempo. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, not selling beers in the fourth quarter all right, this applies to basketball, this applies to football. You know, I, I get the intent behind it. They don't want people driving drunk after the game. But, you know, it's, sometimes you need it. Or if it goes into double OT, you know, you, you got to get that final push from the fans to kind of really get what you need. So I put that on the first four out.
1: I'm glad Friday Bracketology was back. Uh, we're at the end of this program, though, and we're almost at the end of the year. A lot of good games coming up. Uh, you can either do one of two things put your head down focus and and really bang out work up until the the holidays or you can call it it's the 15th uh you can just just say you know what i'm done i'm done for the year turn the email uh, out of office on don't respond to anyone so outside of that we want to thank you again we want to thank the crier for hopping on always great to chat with him best of luck to the to the friars this upcoming saturday uh and to all of our bets we'll catch you here next time on theater and college hoops
5: the wind.